Koppel, host of the Time for Coffee podcast, where you get firsthand career advice into the jobs and industries that interest you the most. And before we start today's show, I have a quick favor to ask you. If you haven't already, I'd be incredibly grateful if you give us a rating and a review on iTunes. And if you're like me, you need to do it now because you'll forget later and because it's the best way to help others who may be in search of career advice to find this free resource. So press pause if you haven't done it and do it right now. I'll wait. Thanks so much and enjoy today's show. Hey there, Java Junkies. Welcome to another K-Cup mini episode of Time for Coffee. By the way, K-Cups come in three sizes, single, double, and triple shots, or roughly one minute, five minutes, or ten minutes in length. So if you don't have time to throw back an entire caffeinated career conversation, these K-Cup mini-episodes of T4C can give you a quick caffeinated fix, whether you're on the go or you only have a few minutes to binge. So grab your mug and take a chug, because it's time for a caffeinated career triple-shot K-Cup with my guest, Jeremy Sirota. So before we get into yep. what you do when you're not drinking coffee, when you're, or maybe you are, as the CEO of Merlin, where you have worked since January of 2020, I thought maybe we could get into a little bit of a, a conversation around if we were to talk to some of your high school buddies, kids you went to school with back in the early 90s, and ask them, what role, if any, music played in your life back then? What would they tell me, Jeremy? Did yeah. you have a big CD or vinyl collection? Did you ever play an instrument? Oh, wow. Okay. So yes, 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 and yes. I'll give you a couple just because it's fun to delve into music and music technology history, which is I grew up in the era, and I know people used to have eight tracks in their car, but you know, we only had a cassette tape player in our car. And at some point, one of my cassettes even jammed in there. So I was left with just one cassette to listen to. It was that or the radio. But what I did have growing up my entire life was, I think I was probably, I must've been 10 when I first had the Sony Walkman. And if you saw me anywhere on my bike, walking around, I had a Sony Walkman on my hip, you know, strapped onto my belt. Because that's It was very it cool. It was a cool look. It was back. cool. Yes, it was a cool look. Back. Thank you. And of course, I got really excited when the Walkman came out, which is what played portable CD, you know, CD players on the go. And then when the, the non-skipping Walkman came out, because when you had a CD, if it moved, it could skip when it was playing. And so when they had this technology came out that... You could move around a run and it would still play seamlessly. So that was always at my hip growing up. And then I did guitar for about two or three years until I broke my left wrist for the second time, which is not great because you need to like, my wrist doesn't really turn <laughs> anymore. But having said that, I was never really great at music. I'm a little tone deaf. You know, anytime I'm singing around my wife or child, they're, they're basically saying, please stop. 
But I, I have music playing 24-7. If I'm not on a call, right before I came on with you, I had I was listening to an album. I will put music on when I get off this. So that's, that was me my whole childhood. So what kind of music were you listening to? Oh, well, when I first started, I had two older sisters. I just listened to whatever they listened to. So my first tape, and I'm, oh God, I should have written. These are the things you wish you had written written down. It was either Oingo Boingo or it was The Cure. Regardless of which one it was, everything 80s I was into. So that was The Cure. That was Depeche Mode. That was Duran Duran. I mean, Flock of Seagulls, you name it. I still listen to the 80s music. And then it evolved. I was really into ska. And then I went to punk music. I got into straight edge music for a while. There was this great band called The Gorilla Biscuits that I loved. And then I got heard of straight edge. Yeah, it was this, it was a movement. It was based a lot around music. Might have thought it was probably the first, I think they were the first band. And it was based about no drugs, no drinking. And I did that for, well, basically until I got to college and then college, you do different things. Drinking, not drugs, to be clear. And so that was a big part of it. And, and then when I got to college, I got really into Britpop. So that was Oasis and Blur. Bands in, the, in that, Pulp is still, I have a Jarvis Cocker poster over there. Pulp was one of my favorite bands. And then there was always just soul and blues. I've always been a big fan. My mom was really into Nina Simone. So that kind of got me started in that. I could keep going. I love music. I could talk about it all day. <laughs> so, so bottom line, would your high school buddies or your college friends be surprised that you would have gone on to spend the vast majority of your almost 20 years as a professional working in some way, shape or form in the music industry? I would say, oh, wow, that's a good question. Well, the good thing is I can project onto people I don't really know much anymore. I only have a few friends from high school still or that I stay close with. I would say yes. And the reason why is because music was a little bit more invisible, except to the people you did it with. Well, let me think about that. God, now you're asking me a question. I'm trying to give you a real answer. I would say, here's the reason I'd say yes. I was also really into computers. So I was part of the computer club. I was really into like fantasy world, like Dungeons and Dragons growing up. I was part of the Boy Scouts for forever. Like I got my Eagle Scout. That's how I did like the whole 10 years of it, going back to like Cub Scouts. And so I just... There was never this one thing that was like the dominant part of my life. I had all these things that I did. And so I think it would just surprise, I think it would surprise people, but I don't know. Maybe now I need to go ask them. (laughs) Now now I need to do some self-reflection. So I mean, this is the thing for me, Jeremy. When I was in college, there were various extracurriculars that I was involved in that I did for fun. Yep. One of which was working at my college radio station mm-hmm. where I was the news director. I never saw that as something I would ever do in real life. And I think that's the thing about our interests and the activities that we are naturally drawn to is that they can become a mm-hmm. career. Yep. It wasn't for you as an artist or a producer or working on a label, it came through the legal field. Yeah. As I mentioned at the beginning of our interview, you joined Merlin as its CEO 
just about exactly three years ago. And I know that you've gone through a rebrand of Merlin. Before we dive into what do you, what you actually do, how do you want to describe it? What do you want our listeners to know about Merlin and what it does? Yeah. I want to respond to what you said, because I think it's knowing your audience. I think it's a really important one. And then I'm always happy to talk Merlin, of course. I think that if you had to give a thread to this, there is actually a, a thread line between all of this. And that is music, number one, and then technology, number two. And those are the two things that came together that have always been part of my life. And even when I became a lawyer, I didn't become a litigator. I didn't become a corporate lawyer. I was doing technology work. So I was working with startups and I was working with media companies trying to understand how to navigate technological, really, just we didn't call it that back then, but disruption. And then what I was able to then do when I went to Warner Music is they were looking for technology work. And I wanted to stay in technology. And then the idea of being able to merge that with music was so just like eye-opening. I didn't even realize that there, that was, could be a part of where that industry was going. And so that's the through line. And that through line goes through Facebook when I was part of their music team. And now at Merlin, where so much of what we do, licensing is about my legal background. We're in the technology space. So many of our partners, Snap, Pinterest, or technology companies. It's operational, which is what I did in my career. So it's some of these sort of disparate elements of your life. It's all about pulling out the ones that you love and not just that you're passionate about, but that you want to be, be in. If you want to get your hands dirty, like if you, if you have figured out itis about that, if that is a part of what gets you animated, then that could be more part of a career because there's a lot of things I'm passionate about that I don't want to do as a career per se. Let uh, me just quickly explain because the figure out itis is something <laughs> that Jeremy mentioned in our espresso shots interview and check out show notes to see if that episode has already dropped. That is something that Jeremy's wife has coined as one of the soft skill sets that you should really try to cultivate. And that is basically being a self-starter, being somebody who is willing to go and figure it out, go online, watch YouTube videos, Google it, read books, whatever it is, try to get the answers yourself, certainly before you go. And bother your supervisor. <laughs> so, okay, Jeremy. Thanks for tuning in to this K-Cup mini episode of Time for Coffee. If you want to listen to our entire caffeinated career conversation, please check out the show notes for this episode. Thanks so much for listening to this latest episode of T4C. And if you're interested in learning more about my coaching services for confused college students and recent grads, feel free to check out the Time for Coffee website under the coaching tab at time, the number four, coffee.org or text me at 202-236-5712. That's 202-236-5712. Thank you.